Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Oh, I'm going to, at the beginning, when I do my introduction, the podcast comes out on Thursday, although it is Thursday today. Normally I record on Fridays, but, um, you know, so we'll, uh, but it won't, it'll come out in a couple of weeks. So, okay, <clears throat> here we go. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you've decided to spend some time with us. We know you're super busy as you head into this weekend at your church, and we're just honored that you would take some time to put us in your earbuds uh, to hear a little bit more about a church and to learn and hopefully grow together. Super excited to have Rodney Ardnell here with us today from One Life Church in Knoxville. Rodney, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. No, I'm super excited. We're mutual friends in Bobby Williams, who's been on the show in the past. So, uh, like I say, any friend of Bobby's a friend of mine. So I'm uh, excited to have you here today. I thought we could start with kind of giving us the one life story. Tell us a little bit about your church. Sure. Yeah, we started back in 2009. Uh, I was a worship leader at a church that was essentially a church replant in Knoxville. Okay. Uh, when, when I got there, I was a college student leading worship. They had about 30 people, had a young pastor, and and this church replanted and, and saw some great things happen. And so th- our dream was always to plant a church. And so uh, that church, along with two others, worked together with me to do a very intentional kind of two-year development process mm. and planning process. And then we planted, you know, kind of a, a stereotypical church plant story. It was 12 people on our launch team began to meet in our living room Mm -hmm. and um, then uh, we we, you know raised money built the team uh, rented a high school and so in September of 2009 our church began and so ever since then just uh, been plugging along and seen some great things happen we uh, moved to a banquet center a couple years later we kind (laughs) of ran into some problems at the school you know Mm -hmm. the classic example always use is um, uh, we got a, an email from one of the teachers in one of the classes we used. Our kids used the science labs, and she emailed on a Friday and said, you may not want to let the kids eat their goldfish because we have been dissecting cats uh, <laughs> in the classroom. And so, uh, so we show up that Sunday morning to, di- to dissected kittens in the science room, not the best children's environment. Wow. So, uh, so we moved to a, a banquet center that was a brand new facility in town, and, and the church just grew, uh, really outgrew that facility, and we didn't have any any, any other options. So we started the second campus um, when we were three years old, and uh, so that took us into the multi-site world. And uh, then we, just a year ago, our, um, our, our first campus got a permanent building, so now we're no longer portable and looking towards that third campus. And we planted some churches and just... Uh, Kind of been a, a whirlwind of a five and a half years. That's incredible. What a you know what a journey. You know, quick growing. You know, making a huge impact. Great. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your church? What would people experience if they came on a Sunday morning? That's a great question. Uh, the way I often will answer that is um, kind of with a little a little disclaimer is when you know we we say that disciple making is really the engine of our church. But when we do our church planner trainings and things like that, I always want to tell them. But if you were to come to our church on a Sunday morning, you would think we were the biggest North Point or New Spring or Andy Stanley Perry Noble wannabes you've ever seen. Because what we what we realize is we feel very called to reach the cultural Christian because that's really what East Tennessee is. It's people who think they know Jesus. So they think that they're Christ followers because they went to 
church growing up or they used to go to church. And so our Sunday morning hour is very attractional, um, mm -hmm. high production value, uh, very modern music. Um, a lot of the a lot of the cultural Christians or, or church people think it's too loud and that sort of thing. So from a Sunday morning feel, it's it's that kind of deal. But um, really, what we what we strive to do is to unleash our people to make disciples. You know, where they live, work, and play is what we always say on Monday through Saturday. Very cool. Well, you're obviously leading a growing church. Um, how are you balancing out? Like I, you know, obviously you talked a little bit about there. You're balancing out. Um, the desire to reach new people, but then, you know, to grow up people who are already at your church. I think sometimes we, we kind of project those as a false dichotomy, um, but right. you seem to be able to do both of those. And, and how does that balance out for you? Well, I totally agree with you. I think that what we've, what we've been guilty of in the church is to say, well, some people are evangelistic and some people make disciples or you should do evangelism and you should do discipleship. And we actually believe you can't do one without the other, mm. that it, Jesus did not call us to make converts. He called us to make disciples. And so conversion is going to be a part of that. And so for us, there really is no such thing as evangelism. There's only discipleship. And what we would call evangelism is a part of discipleship. So for us, Part of, I mean, it's really kind of a circular kind of situation where we believe there's nothing better that helps a Christ follower grow than to send them out on mission. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we really focus on is uh, let, let your disciple making drive your Bible study. Um, now, we will do some tools along the way where we'll offer, you know, some classes or some groups. But, but an example of that is our home groups that we do are all sermon-based home groups where we write the curriculum, and it's all driven toward how are you going to use this tomorrow morning at work or at school or at t-ball practice or wherever you're going to be so that you can make disciples. And what happens is that puts people in tension. They come back with their questions wanting to know, well, what about this and how about that? And it just, we use that to them. Let's, let's see what Scripture says. Let's let the Holy Spirit guide that. So for us, it's not a situation of, well, we need everyone to go through the 12 steps of discipleship so that mm -hmm. then they can go out on mission or you need to get cleaned up or buttoned up before. For us, it's really, as you go out on mission, it's going to drive you to grow deeper in Christ. Hmm. Oh, that's a great example from, you know, from life groups. I love in our small groups, how, how you're, you know, kind of using those to to propel people out to serve people around. Um, now, what about? Are there, can you give us some other examples of the way, kind of some practical steps that you're taking to disciple people in your community? Yeah. So some of the another ways we, we like to do that is through our, our volunteer team. So mm -hmm. on Sunday mornings, our I mean, being a, a church plant, and we're not. I don't know how much longer we can say that, but being. <laughs> You know, volunteerism was obviously very high because you had to have volunteers getting there early, setting up, tearing down, that sort of thing. And so early in our church, before we had home groups, we intentionally held off on starting home groups, which which was advice that I received from a mentor. I thought it was wise advice because, let's be honest, when you have 30 people in your church, you are a small group. So, you know, why try to add complexity to it? And so we waited, intentionally waited an entire year to start home groups, but we needed some type of connection and some avenue to begin this disciple-making process. So we began to leverage our volunteer groups for that, and that has carried on even to this day. So our volunteer groups gather for um, time, but, you know, they'll, they'll come, they'll set up, they'll get their areas ready, and then we do what we call VIP meetings, which is vision, information, and prayer, where, you know, they're going to spend some connected time together. And even through that environment, we're constantly talking about okay this morning you know mm -hmm. for us if you can't do it Sunday morning you're not going to do it Monday morning right. so so if you know as we get prepared for for people to come here we're hurting people are going to come here people looking for faith are going to come here how can we begin to prepare you to have spiritual conversations this morning so you're not just a parking lot guy you're not just a children's worker but you're mm -hmm. looking for opportunities to multiply which is really what we think discipleship is and as you do that we're going to be putting you know we're going to pray together this morning share with someone this morning what you're going through what your struggle is or what questions you may have. And what we find is 
that through those iron sharpening iron relationships, through putting people on shared mission together, they begin to grow together and it deepens their faith. And so it's, it's a very, or, within the attractional church is what we look mm -hmm. like, it becomes a very organic process. Interesting. Now, why don't we talk a little bit about those VIP meetings a little bit more and flesh that out. Sure. Uh, maybe give us a sense, um, you know, from an example, you know, in I know setup teardown can be an issue when you're, you know, in a portable church. And right. a lot of times it feels like those volunteers, I just, I'm, I can be guilty of this in our church. We, we use those volunteers. It's like, okay, we, they're willing to give us free labor. And so we yeah. just burn through them and there's a lot to do. Um, how are you trying to transform that into a discipleship, you know, opportunity? Yes. Yeah, so these are really little nuggets of time because I mean, mm -hmm. we don't take 30 minutes or 45 minutes like you would in a Sunday school class or a home group. But these are also the people who may not sign up for one of those groups. Yeah, they're, 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 they're signing up to volunteer. So, so what we'll do is, is sometimes as a staff or as a pastor, we'll say, hey, this morning for your vision piece, we want you to read this story or we want you to you know, deal with this vision point from our church or whatever the case may be. Information is just the announcements we want to get out. Mm -hmm. But what we will often do is we'll say, okay, we want to talk this morning about how to have that spiritual conversation. Mm -hmm. So pair the people up in your volunteer teams into, 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 into groups of two and have have them do a case study of, you know, you're a single mom who walks in the door for the first time and you have questions and the other person has to begin to learn how to answer those questions. Or, you know, we're going to talk about, um, you know, at the end of the day service, we're going to have people come forward and pray and we want you to be prepared to pray. Let's talk about how you're going to do that. Mm. Uh, a, a learning lab, a training ground mm -hmm. for them be prepared to make disciples. Because again, if they can't do it Sunday morning, I, they're just not going to do it Monday morning. That's kind of a, a catchphrase for us. Mm, very cool. Now, um, just a kind of practical tip on that. Are you kind of centrally writing the, the kind of VIP experience and then distributing it? So it's like, okay, guys, this is this is what's happening in our huddles this weekend. Because it, it sounds like we're, you're tying into the message and the experience pretty tightly. It just depends. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. So um, we're in a season right now where our ministry leaders, we've given them freedom to kind of say, okay, uh, what do you need to focus on with your group? But then sometimes there will be an important point where I'll email you know, our campus pastors and say, please have all your volunteer teams do this. Okay. Um, or sometimes we'll say, hey guys, for the next for the next four weeks, uh, we want to hit one of our core values. We have four core values. We want to hit one of those core values each of the next four weeks. You know, mm -hmm. So it really just, we've kind of done the full gamut of allowing the ministry leaders to, to kind of say, hey, use these as training times. Um, and so you get to pick or allowing the campus pastor to say, what does your campus need? Or to centrally say, this is what our church is going to do. Very cool. You know, I, one of the things I've noticed um, that I love that you're hitting on is I, I think sometimes we miss a significant opportunity on the service end because people, there will be people who will sign up. And a lot of times, particularly guys that'll sign up to volunteer there, yeah. that it's a longer journey for them to get into a life group experience. And so I love that you're using that or a small group experience. You're using that to, you know, help pr prod people along in their relationship with Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. The great story that comes to mind as you say that is there's a, there's a gentleman who's probably in his mid forties mm -hmm. and they just moved to town from a little, a very rural community in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he had been a, a traveling lineman. So he, he went around and worked for electric companies. And okay. so when their, their lines went down, then he, you know, not like a, a lineman on a football team, <laughs> right. he was a lineman who's going to fix these lines, or whatever. So he was rarely home with his family for like the last 15 years. He got a new job where he's kind of a nine to five type deal doing the same thing here in Knoxville. But he had only ever gone to church because his wife made him. Mm. So they, they start coming to our church. He's, you know, he's kind of a, a rough around the edges kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And um, 
he decides that this is the first church that there's ever been something he could actually do because he'd kind of like to go park cars. You know, I can right. I have to talk you know, in his mind. I don't have to talk to anybody. It's mm-hmm. all dudes out there doing that. So he joins the parking team. He meets other guys who are who love Jesus. He actually finds out. No, as one of our parkers, you have to talk to people. He realizes he can do it. You fast forward about six to eight months, and I'll never forget that he and his wife joined the home group. My wife and I lead. Mm-hmm. Never forget, she called um, called my wife and said, "I cannot believe this." And we're like, "What's what's that?" She said, "He came to home group without me." She said, mm-hmm. I, "If you had told me six months ago that he would even go to church without me, but now he's volunteering. He's coming to home group." She's like, "I can't, I can't get my mind around this." And what I believe it was is there was an easy step for him to take. And when he took it, he wasn't just a, he thought he was just going to wave a parking wand and wear a vest. That he was put in an environment where he was discipled. Mm-hmm even realize it and it wasn't a curriculum and it wasn't a formal process he was just in iron sharpening iron relationships that were strategically designed for him to grow his faith and it's just i love that and there's stories like that that we could give all day long that are just so so exciting no that's very cool changing tack a little bit a little slightly uh, you know different kind of approach to the same topic what are some kind of common misconceptions you talk to a lot of church planners a lot of church you know leaders and they have common misconceptions about being a disciple making church what would some of those common misconceptions be well, probably my, my biggest soapbox one would be that discipleship is curriculum. And mm-hmm. honestly, that was my misconception. And this is kind of the story I always tell, which is when our church first got started, I hated the word discipleship. I just hated it mm-hmm. because the only experience that I'd had in discipleship was when, when someone would get saved at our church, then they would get partnered with me or someone else. And we would have to go through a six or eight week curriculum. Mm-hmm. And then whether they had the gift of teaching or not, they were then expected to go teach teach that curriculum to somebody else who got saved, but that really meant they were going to have to wait until the pastor, you know, did an invitation because there was no expectation of them to multiply Mm. because discipleship was just teaching. It was just information. It was growing in your faith. And I would say that is what I I still see that as the biggest misconception, that that the American church has relegated discipleship Mm. to a a curriculum or Mm -hmm. to a publisher or to a denomination rather than to an organic life-on-life relationship that leads to multiplication. I think that's the big thing, too, that if it's not leading to multiplication, I don't think you can call it discipleship. Mm. You you might call something else good, like sanctification, or I don't know, you get theological and come up with your own word, but (laughs) but I think it's, you know, the disciples in the New Testament multiplied. That's just what they did. And, um, and and so I just don't think that you can you can call it discipleship if it's not multiplying. Very cool. Well, this has been a, a great conversation. Is there anything else you want to share with people before we let you go? No, I don't know, man. I just would love for people. I think my biggest thing that that I, I would say that that I was taught and that I have learned is that as you seek God in your church, when it comes to discipleship or models or methods, just be you. I've mm-hmm. seen so many church planners and guys try to be some conglomeration of, of the celebrity pastors or the guys who've been successful, and it just ends up feeling schizophrenic and all over the map. And so as, as I've heard some say, you know, eat the meat, spit out the bones, just be mm-hmm. who God's called you to be. Learn from the best of the best. But at the end of the day, get with God and just say, who am I, who are we, and who can call us to reach? I just think that's that's what's most important. Very good. Well, Rodney, I really appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or your church, how can they do that? I would just I would love to connect with you. Just check out our church website, which is onelifenox.com, uh, and our blog, which is blog.onelifenox.com. And then we're also on Twitter at, uh, at onelifenox. Nice. Thanks so much, Rodney. Have a great day. Absolutely. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.